If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Big stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. You know, here in 2020, I, I guess it's easy to feel pessimistic about the state of the world. Doesn't feel like uh, it's it's a year of, of any kind of good news or cause for optimism. Good days for doomsayers, I suppose. But there is still a case to be made for optimism when it comes to the state of the world. And maybe part of it is we're conditioned to notice the bad news. And obviously, when there's a lot of it, we notice that even more. Uh, so there is, I, th- I think, a story to be told here, not just about these good news stories, but kind of our, our psychology when it comes to recognizing them. Because we, we all want a world, we want to live in a world where things are trending in the right direction, uh, where we're tackling disease, where we're tackling poverty, where, you know, there's, there, it's a safer world, there's less conflict, where we have a clean environment, all of these things. And the good news is we do live in that world that a lot of these important metrics are really trending in the right direction. Uh, This is explored in a a fascinating new book. It's called 10 Global Trends Every Smart Person Should Know, and many others you will find interesting. Joining us on the line is the co-author of this book, Ron Bailey, is uh, also science correspondent for Reason Magazine, reason.com. Ron, thanks so much for making some time for us here today. Welcome to the program. Great. Glad to be with you. I mean, it was, I think, about two years ago from what I read that you started working on this project. I guess 2020 has kind of a different sort of backdrop than 2018. But, you know, I mean, the, the, the case still stands here, doesn't it? Oh, a- absolutely, it does. Uh, you know, obviously, people are feeling um, a little oppressed by the current situation with the COVID pandemic. But uh, the good news is, is that we'll be passing as well. And one of the things I would like to remind with that, I'd like to go through the book, but I would remind people, imagine that this happened, this uh, virus emerged out of China 25 years ago. We still wouldn't know what had hit us. But with all the, the, the progress in biotechnology and sequencing genomes and so forth, we knew within a week uh, what it was and then had it sequenced in three days and vaccines were on the way to being made seven days later. I mean, it, it's remarkable. Naturally, people are suffering and, and a lot of harm has occurred. But it's a lot. Uh, it will be a lot better than what would have happened otherwise. Yeah, imagine that explaining that someone thirty or forty years ago that we were, to, you know, sequence the <laughs> genome of this virus literally within right. days. And yeah, it's quite remarkable. There, there is a story uh, along these lines too. And obviously, you know, the the way that we're able to to respond to COVID nineteen is impressive. But when it comes to AIDS, malaria, tuberculosis. You know, I mean, even the progress we're making in in tackling those diseases, identifying those diseases, developing vaccines, developing treatment, you know, it's it's part of this this narrative, isn't it? It, it definitely is. What what we're trying to do with uh, ten global trends is, you know, we acknowledge the fact that there are trends that are negative. The thing, of course, is the very smart people 
pay, you know, they read a lot. They pay attention to the media. They are aware of the problems. So what uh, my co-author, Marion Tupi, and I wanted to do was to alert smart people to the background, to the things that they forget to focus on, and show them how much progress has been made and how much is likely to be coming over the course of the next century because they don't get to focus on that. They're always trying to solve the immediate problem ahead of them, and they forget. In fact, the way we put it is progress hides itself, because what happens is society goes, we've solved that problem, let's move on to the next one. Right. And it's good to keep in context what, what, what has been occurring. And so we uh, decided to make a very simple book. Uh, it's kind of a, a picture book in my mind is that basically we give you a trend, the data, the graph, and then we give you 250 words telling you what the trend is, and then we send you onward to, if you, if you want to check the data, we, we provide those, that information as well. But I think it, it, to some extent, you know, and, and you touched on it, but we're almost conditioned against accepting good news. And, you know, maybe in fairness, we don't want to breed complacency that, that everything's fine and we have nothing to worry about. But at the same time, you know, that, that we would triumph our accomplishments. Why, why are we so averse to that? Well, one of the zoologists friend of mine explained this to me many years ago. I've been a journalist for quite some time, and I was complaining that my editors never wanted to do good news stories. And he said, well, Ron, it's simple because bad news is news. And that's because when uh, our ancestors were evolving in the plains of Africa, if one of them heard a rustle in the grass and said, you know, that's just the wind, and it turned out to be a lion, that person was not our ancestor. The person who heard the wind and ran away, we are the descendants of that cautious person. Mm -hmm. So we, you know, evolved to worry about losses more than we have evolved to worry about wins. And so that's just kind of in our, in our DNA. We have to struggle against that. Because I, I do think if, if you ask the average person, when it comes to poverty, do you think things are getting better or worse in the world? When it comes to, to the environment, are things getting better or worse? Um, you, know, the, you know, those are two big ones where I think a lot of people would, would probably assume that things are getting worse. So why, why do assumptions, though, seem to go against the evidence? Again, because it's a problem. One of the things about progress is, is that uh, the more we solve the problem, the more concerned we are to finish up solving the problem. On poverty, for example, we're again looking at global trends. So I want to make sure that people understand that. And long-term trends, we're trying to get the data for as long as possible. But look at global poverty. From the best data that we have is the natural state of humanity up until the beginning of the uh, 19th century was essentially abject, ignorant, violent poverty. Uh, the average life expectancy was somewhere around 35 years. One-third of all children died before age five. And the average person lived on less than $1.90 per day in real dollars. Uh, about 90% of people, in fact, around the globe and around 1800 lived on that amount of money. And then it took another 160 years to get the percentage of, of our world, of our people living in the world, of the population, down to only 40% of people living on $1.90 per day. But in the last 40 years, uh, the, it's accelerated enormously. And the good news is, and it's still not good enough, but the good news is that the World Bank uh, estimates that around 8.6% of people now live on only $1.90 per day. 
And what you can find is, is that trend is for any level of income you want to find. All levels of income have been going up. And, with, and there's every good possibility in the next 15 years, absolute poverty, that is $1.90 per day, will be eliminated. And that is a remarkable achievement. I think, as you say, I mean, the job isn't done. Poverty still exists. Uh, I mean, you know, here in Calgary, where you are, Washington, D.C., there there are people who live in poverty. So it, it's an ongoing issue. But I, I guess the question is, I mean, and it, it's important to know on any issue, are things getting better or are things getting worse? And if things are getting better, it doesn't mean we've eliminated the problem. But it's important to know, isn't it? Right, exactly. Now, one way to think about it is if everything was getting better all the time, that would be a miracle, but that wouldn't be progress. Right, <laughs> right. Let's talk about the environment. I think that's another area where the perception is that, that everything's getting worse. And obviously, look, climate change remains a, a challenge, and, and that's, that's one environmental issue. How do, how do we measure you know, the state of, of the environment globally? Because that can mean so many different things. And where, where do we see progress? Well, one of the things that it was an astonishing uh, study, actually, from the University of Maryland, uh, researchers have been mapping tree cover around the globe since the early 1980s. And what they've discovered is that tree cover f uh, across the globe has expanded by an area the size of Alaska plus Montana uh, since, the, the, since that period. In other words, the forests are returning in much of the world, particularly in the temperate countries like, uh, well, like Canada, the United States, uh, Western Europe, that kind of thing. Also, amazingly, in China and India as well. And so uh, with expanding forests, that suggests that the concerns that, that people have about uh, a sixth great you know, mass extinction due to human activities uh, may be ameliorated because what this means is humanity is, is producing more and more food on less and less land, leaving more land to revert back to nature where other members of the, our planetary family uh, will be able to flourish. So the world's getting richer, the world's getting cleaner. The other issue, too, that I think is interesting will fall into the category of whether the world is, is a safer place. Um, you know, in countries like Canada uh, yes. and the U.S., murders, crimes, uh, you know, been down over the last uh, 20, 30 years. But even globally in things like armed conflict, these sorts of metrics, what, what do we see there? Uh, in fact, those are all very much, as you, you, you point, uh, point to those trends, we have data on all of those trends. And, uh, you know, for the global uh, homicide rate, that is the interpersonal violence rate, has been falling for about 30 years as well. And, it, you know, you, you watch the local news and so forth, it doesn't seem like it, but it certainly is the case. Um, but with regard to an overall safety, for example, and we live in a much safer world than uh, people two generations ago did. Uh, uh, we have data showing that the, the for, you know, the, the number of people per 100,000 um, persons who died uh, of natural disasters, including, you know, earthquakes, floods, uh, hurricanes, uh, pandemics, by the way. Has, has fallen by 99% since 1920. It's a vastly safer world than yeah. it used to be. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I, I do wonder, though, if the problem of doomsaying is getting worse. So the problem of complacency uh, is, is getting worse because, you know, it seems like you're trying to sort of land between, you know, the, those two kind of 
kind of different sides of the equation here. Uh, what, what do you want people to take from this? Well, and sort of catchphrase of this is, is you can't solve the problems of the world if you don't know what they are. And what we're trying to do is to give people a context where they can stand and, and figure out where to go next as they see the problems. We have a nice quote from Hans Rosling, if I may share it, that I think sort of captures the notion of it. Um, I can find it quickly here. All right. Uh, this is Hans Rosling, who wrote a wonderful book called Factfulness. I see all this progress, and it fills me with conviction and hope that further progress is possible. This is not optimistic. It is having a clear and reasonable idea about how things are. It is having a worldview that is constructive and useful. And that's what we aim for in 10 Global Trends. What important and timely book. Again, 10 Global Trends Every Smart Person Should Know, and many others you will find interesting. Ronald Bailey, thank you so much for joining us here today. appreciate this. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to talk to your listeners. All the best. Uh, that is Ron Bailey's a science correspondent with Reason Magazine, Reason.com, and co-author of the book 10 Global Trends Every Smart Person Should Know, along with uh, Marion Tupi, who writes at humanprogress.org, a project uh, of the Cato Institute. So, yeah, this, this isn't meant to... to make the argument for complacency or that we've solved all the world's problems or we don't face challenges. But it is meant as, as a counter, I think, to, to the pessimists, to the, the doomsayers, uh, that there is progress happening in the world, and, and it should be celebrated, and it should give us hope uh, that we can tackle other problems that we still face. It's not a guarantee that every problem is going to fix itself. But I think the idea of having some hope and optimism that human ingenuity is capable of tackling these problems, I, I think is helpful. And COVID's a great example. Um, you know, this pandemic we're dealing with and, and just how bleak 2020 feels. But as we see in, in the rapid pace of vaccine development, it, again, it's, it's an encouraging reminder uh, of our ability and our ingenuity to find solutions to big problems. Our number here, 403-974-8255, 974-TALK. We are back with more right after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.